Welcome everyone to Dingin' Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate here with Jimbo. Let's go. What's up? And we are here to talk baseball today. A little minor league baseball, a little major league baseball. There's so much action going on in the world of baseball. So many surprising starts, some fast starts, some amazing starts from some Brewers rookies. Uh, um, <laughs> and one Jackson Churio is now the number one prospect in baseball by Baseball America. Now that Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll have graduated off the list. No big deal. Uh, just, you know, your casual number one prospect in baseball. Jimbo knows what that's like with Riley Green. And now that's I know really what good. that's like with Jackson Churio. It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling um, until they go off and maybe not do as well. But I think you got a better chance with Churio than I do with Torkelson and, and Riley Green right now. Well, we're going to go. We're, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but what we will say is this. <laughs> the, the only guy the Tigers brought in offensively was Matt Veerling. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't even want to open right? the worms. Like, don't even want to open it. Just next year, they will. They will run through this lineup two years in a row. Realize it's not working, and then they will figure something out next year to how to bring in competent. They don't even need to bring in. They don't do it, man. I'm. I'm holding. I'm trying to hold back. Wait, wait. Did well, just minutes. real quick. You know how the <laughs> Angels brought in like Hunter Renfro and guys like that. Just do that. Dude, you don't need don't. the stars. You don't need Javi Baez, which was a poor signing. You just bring in guys that are competent hitters that you can line your your lineup with. Anyways, we move on. We move on. Uh, my frustration in the Tigers pales in comparison to Jimbo's. Um, Jimbo, it was double A opening day yesterday. Dude. And Dude. Uh, you have some guys for us. Yeah, so I, there's two two things real quick on that. First off, this year it's very interesting. So I, I'm a big MLB the TV MLB TV guy. I can watch any game, love all that. But this year you can now watch minor league games. What? Yes. Really? I'm telling and I didn't tell you this beforehand because I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna spring it on you because this is interesting. You can watch minor league like I was watching the Toledo Mud Hens while watching the Tigers opener, but then they have last night, you know, like there's a lot of games that were postponed. So I scroll down and there's literally highlights of um, the MILB minor league baseball uh, pipeline where it shows all clips like minute, like 30 second clips of the top hundred pipeline of players that are in the top hundred of like of live action, you know, like the, the stuff that just happened. Whoa. Game changer. Because now I see the stats and you know, I always talk about, Oh, I got to see the eye eye test. Like you could see someone like, Oh, you know, he hit a home run homer, but it was right down the middle and it was like an 86 change at like, any, like that doesn't count or yeah. it's a triple horrible route. You're like, Oh, that would have been caught. That's actually not a triple where some of these stats are inflated. I think that is a huge, look at that. The whole city, city of Wilmington is pumped for that. You hear that? <laughs> I'm telling you, I think, I think this is a huge thing. If you really love baseball, finding some of this talent and being able to see it in, in really like, I don't know. I was so excited about it. I wanted to tell others if, if people don't know about that. Real quick, before before you get on to your top five, I just want to point out what you just said uh, and reiterate that you were talking about, you know, 86 mile power change up right down the middle doesn't really count. And that's a huge thing. And that was a thing I was going to talk about with Garrett Mitchell later um, on like. There's sometimes where guys hit home runs and it's not all that impressive. And then there's sometimes guys locate their pitches and you still hit a home run. And that's when I have a lot more confidence in a guy. So my confidence in Garrett Mitchell is soaring because of some of the home runs he hit, but we'll move on. We'll get on to that later. Um, But I appreciate you bringing that up because that's a huge point and something you don't get from stats is, and especially in the minor leagues with some of the terrible defense out there, um, guys getting free singles, guys getting turning doubles into triples when they shouldn't, guys turning doubles or triples into inside the park home runs when they shouldn't, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I'm going to bring up two two comparable ones. Um, so Marcelo M- Marcelo Meyer hit a triple, and um, the route 
of the left fielder was like atrocious. It was like, I don't know, like, like it was just not like it, it should have been just a normal pop fly probably caught or maybe a double, mm-hmm. no need for a triple. So like when I saw that, you know, you see the highlights, you're like, Oh, he just hit a triple. You're like, Oh, that's exciting. See the clip. Not as exciting. But then you had a Jordan Lawler last night. I forget what he did at his first at bat, which we are a Jordan Lawler pro podcast here. Yeah. And I am. And he was going, like he was facing the, the leader kid. Oh, uh, uh, Jack lighter. Yeah. I always think of Al. So that's why I always just say the the leader kid. So he was, they were facing each other. Uh, I think he walked the first at bat or double. I would have to double check. But then he hit a bomb off of him. Ooh. Like he hit a home, homer off of him. So like normally I wouldn't get that excited. Like a home run, first game, like it is what you want to see. But if it's off caliber, like a leader, yeah, like that, it brings more weight to the game. And I wanted to bring that up. Have you seen that Paul Skeens kid for LSU? Paul Skeens. Or Skeens mm. or Skeens. I, I might know. have. Um. He is he is a uh, freshman, I believe, for LSU. LSU has like the top two players in the nation. Yeah, Dylan Cruz, Dylan Cruz, and Paul Skeens. This kid's a freshman, pumping 100, 102, Jeez. just striking guys out left and right. They're playing. I think it was South Carolina yesterday. Dude took him. Dude took him yard. 100 miles yeah. an hour in, 111 off the bat out, and it's just an electric moment because it's like those types of guys you're not expecting to hit off of. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I, it's, 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 and Jack lighter was like that. Uh, I do think it's lighter. Pretty lighter. sure. Lighter. But Al lighter. I could, I could be Al wrong. Lighter. Um, but uh, he's his nephew. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but top, top, you know, a highly, rec- uh, highly touted, prospect and, and leader lighter leader and lighter. the rangers are good developing pitching yeah so but that was that was just my the quick takeaway like so once i saw that like saw the the tweet you know of the of the highlight i went to mlb tv and i i looked it up you know like it was there like right away like the clip so i went to go watch it so really my biggest takeaway of all of this is we can now validate some of this stuff by watching the clips Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this is going to be, this is going to help me, at least for me, gain confidence. I'm like, oh, okay, it's just one at bat, like it's just one game, but I really like what I see here. Or it's like, oh, that is one game, but, it, you know, the stats, that, that doesn't, that's not as weighted as maybe, you know, facing someone more, a better pitcher or, you know, like, or the the hit that he had, that triple was actually a real triple or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to bring that up. But then also... We got to bring up – I know we brought him up. Ronnie Mauricio, remember how we talked about him the first day of spring? And I was like, I don't know. This kid had a really good winter ball, and Isaac Paredes had a really good winter ball the, like, the following year. And I'm trying to figure out, like, if that's transferable into the spring training. And yeah. then into the- and then it, and then it was because Ronnie Mauricio killed it in spring training. Yeah, and then now he has three home runs in, in uh, two games in AAA. So – I don't know. Like, I'm not a big Ronnie fan. Like, but now watching him and watch, I watched the clips. Dude, this dude looks like he looks like uh, Mike Stanton, like a like an Avisel Garcia build, like just a big, yeah. big dude. Probably not going to stay at shortstop long term. Probably not. Um, but I, I uh, a- real quick, hand up if you want to see one of the world's biggest Ronnie Maruccio doubters. You're looking at him, or you're listening to his voice right now. Um, I was a big Ronnie Mercio doubter. I didn't think he had what it took uh, in the minors, and that's just maybe just a little bit of my, uh, like, you get a you get a whole draft class, and it just feels like there can't be that many good shortstops. And I was riding on like Wander and Marco Luciano. So then it's like, well, Ronnie Mauricio can't complete the trifecta. So he's probably the bad one, um, which is a ridiculous thing to think. But, you, you know, it's just like I've been I've been accustomed to thinking like there just can't be that many good guys. Like, you know, guys fail all the time and which one's going to fail. And funnily enough, it might end up being Marco Luciano at this point. Um, but uh, I wasn't a, I wasn't a big Mauricio fan. They kept talking about 
power this, power that, and I see the big build, but the power wasn't coming along in the minors um, as fast as one would have hoped, or at least I had hoped. So then I was kind of like, uh, there's so much money being spent on this guy and he's not developing. Well, you know, guys don't develop at the same rates. And sometimes you just got to give guys time um, and they figure it out. And Ronnie Marusio seems like he's figuring it out at what the age of 22, you know, yeah. he was, he was the same Bowman class as Wander, the same Bowman class as Julio wanders up at the age of 19 Julio's up at the age of 21. Um, and so when you see those guys, you know, they're in the same class. It's like, Oh, well, Ronnie Marusio is a disappointment. Not necessarily the case. I mean, you get guys that are drafted at 21, 22. They don't come up till 24. Yeah. Ronnie Mauricio is going to be up well before 24 now. Uh, so really, my bias has gotten in the way of me being able to view Ronnie Mauricio in a, in a positive light. And uh, I, I am happy he is doing well. And I hope he does do really well. And I hope I am really, really wrong. Yeah. I, I was in the same boat as you, though. Like, I had high hopes, high hopes for him. But his strikeout rate was so bad that I was like, man, maybe there's other players to to put the, you know, maybe buy stuff for. But then I, he was always on my list where I, I watched, I watched, I watched, where it's okay to like a player but not buy into them and wait until they they figure out whatever their red flags are. And then maybe buy back in or maybe not, whatever it is. But I think he's a good example of that. And some of these kids, man, are so young, and I'm so glad you brought up like where they get drafted at 21. Where if this, you know, if Ronnie went to college and he was a college bat last year, where He'd do you think he would first year of minors? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I can name a bunch of different players that for yesterday, but um, I'll save that for the next ones. I just wanted to bring up like the the core of of my excitement for for double A and lower opening day. Not only is he just 22, he literally just turned 22 on the fourth. Yeah. He's 22 years old and three days. Yeah. Wander turned 22 on the 30th. I think I saw, or no, no, not the 30th. He he turned 22 in March. I just don't know. It's very confusing because there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of like Wander 21, Wander 21. And I go look and he's like, I'm like, well, he's 22 before the season started. Like, I've seen, like, four or five different tweets from people about Wander being 21. Yeah. March 1st is when he turned 22. Uh, In fact, Wander's so young. Michael Harris was six days younger than him. Every other person that got uh, votes for Rookie of the Year last year was older than him. That's crazy. So, that's a good segue, though. We should talk about MLB and uh some of the action that has been going on there and we are going to start off with wander because during the offseason we talked about wander a lot we talked about his splits right first month last month in between when he was injured everyone listening to this likely knows what we think about wander because if you're listening to this you probably listened to the previous ones if you don't know what we think about wander we loved him and it was because his 900 plus OPS in his first month is 850 OPS in his last month last year. And then the injury that caused him to start grounding out all the time and sapped his strength and turned him into a completely different player before he ended up on the injured list. That injury and trying to play through it caused him to have a bad year. When he wasn't injured, he was a really good player for me and for Jimbo. That was a bettable like that. We Took bets on that. And so Slab Stocks as a company, I Nathan Rodevaugh himself did not take bets. Slab Stocks as a company did take bets. We ended up with a Wander Franco Father's Day Blue, mm. um, a, a Tops Inception Patch Auto number to 100, Father's Day Blue number to 50, a Bowman Heritage Gold Auto to 50, um, There is, oh, uh, Tops Heritage Chrome Refractor PSA 8. Um, and I think there was one more Wander in there, though I can't remember it. Uh, but we did we did a, a, a decent chunk of money, put a decent chunk of money down on Wander, on a bet that Wander would be bouncing back. And so you can you can imagine my excitement 
to watching Wander Franco through through six games of the season, he has a 11% walk rate to a 7% K rate. But not only that, he has an isolated power of 375. Like the biggest fear was, oh, he's not going to get to his his power, you know? Always has good walk rates, always has good strikeout rates, but he's not going to hit for power. Now, I know it's early, but the other day, he smoked a single, line drive single uh, opposite field, and then proceeded to follow it up with a line drive home run that he pulled. Um, in the week before, he had a or a couple games before, at his first home run, he hit it 402 feet opposite center field for a home run. Like, he is he is driving the ball every every side of the field. It doesn't matter. He's driving the ball. Like there's guys that can pull the ball for home runs and then they hit it the opposite way and they don't drive. He is. And it was it's been incredible to watch. And with the new bases and stuff, he's already got two stolen bases. Um, I expect more from him going forward just because I expect more stolen bases from everyone. Um, that really adds to a guy. Because stolen bases add to your slugging percentage. Um, oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, so it's uh, so it, it, slugging percentage is total bases. Yeah. That's and, right. That's and uh, you get a total base by stealing it. You don't get a total base by getting hit over. But if you steal it without anybody hitting you to that bag, you get a total base. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, these days. And so you get a lot of these guys that are willing to take their walks, willing to take their singles, and then try to steal second, and it's just as good as a double. Um, or in his case, taking a walk, you know, doesn't add to your slugging or anything, but then stealing that, stealing that bag adds. And so, like, I expect this to be beneficial to guy to guys like this, where they walk a ton, they're okay slapping singles and stealing bags, but also can hit bombs. And so Wander's just been amazing. There's nothing much more I can say about it than like it. It's incredible to watch a 22 year old that most people are like, uh, injury prone, yada, yada, yada. And now, and now you look at him after one week and you're like, how did we, how do we let this go? Dude. And his stats are one thing, but dude, if you watching him live, watching his at bats, Mm-hmm. Like it's just different. Like it's like it is. You know, I, I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a huge Riley Green fan, and I can't even compare the two. Like, I I 100 agree, and that's why I kind of brought up like the opposite field single he smoked and stuff because there's just something about there's something about him in the box. It's and different. the way he gets his hits that is different than a lot of guys. It it's such a mature approach. It's like. It's literally like I like a Miggy back in the day, just like his approach, like following pitches off, seeing it, um, constantly making adjustments, you know, slapping for the single or taking it yard. Like he just takes for what he like. He, he's not he's going up there and taking whatever the pitcher is going to give him. And that is very dangerous to a pitcher because after a while they're going to just give up and, and then he's just going to explode and there's going to be no way to attack him. Yep. It's, it's, it's amazing. As for cards, uh, found a Bowman Aqua variation Sapphire from Bowman Chrome that sold for $300 the other day. If you go back to February, this card is around 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and, and late February, we're talking February 23rd, February 24th, $202, $201, $172 on February 26th, $224 on February 26th. You fast forward to today, Somebody popped it for three hundred and two fifty yesterday. So no matter what you, no matter which way you look at it, that is an increase in price on both of them, but especially the three hundred dollar one. Dude, <clears throat> it's fun to watch because I watch a lot of the Rays just because of him, and it's fun watch listening to the opposing announcers talk about him. Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, like we came early to watch his BP. Like, wow, this kid, like." You don't hear that about every single prospect that comes into town. And I don't know. There's just little cues about them. And, man, it's just fun, like, as a baseball fan. you you uh, When you have a top prospect, you learn that pretty quick because you see things that people talk about them. So, like, the Brewers have had top-ish prospects before. 
Nobody's comparing him to Ronald Acuna. Nobody's comparing him to Juan Soto. Nobody's talking about the noise off their bat. Yeah. And then you get Jackson Churio, and I see a lot of Brewers Twitter, right? And all of a sudden, it's the noise off his bat is different. Yeah. He's special. Everyone. Yeah, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, you're thinking of the right guys when you're thinking of Jackson Churio, right? And so it's it's you're you're right. There are those guys that just it's just mm-hmm. it's not the same. And Wander Franco, it's not the same. Even if the stats end up being the same for uh, some of these guys that make weaker contacts and stuff, it's still not the same. L- long term, like I would put my money the consistency long term on Wander stat wise because of his approach. Because I, it's so consistent. Now, here's the question for you. MVP this year? Possibility? It's all about him staying healthy. If, if he plays the whole season, I would put my – like, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I would say top five. I like it. Which, which is nothing to sneeze at. Like, top five is still – From, from where we came at from last year to this year? Yeah, that would be, that'd be huge. And we could go on about Wander Franco all day. Because that's just the type of player he is. Thankfully, we only have a six-game sample size, so it'd be, it would, you know, you wouldn't have that long of a podcast with a six-game sample size. But he is a stud. But we should move on. Um, next guy I want to talk about: Will Smith, not the reliever, yeah. but but the catcher. Um, Will Smith has obviously been good for a number of years, right? Uh, he's running. He's been running mid three on base percentages. He's been running high four sluggings or even in the five sluggings, uh, which has been, you know, he's been an 800 plus OPS pretty much um, his entire career. But this year, this year, he's looking a little bit different. And some of that is small sample size. You know, but some of that is an interesting little uptick in BABIP. He has been a historically low 264 BABIP, 294 BABIP, 274 BABIP, 276 BABIP. This year, 316. I would love to see what he could do if he just kept it around 300. I don't know if that's possible with a slow guy like that. But uh, his overall stats, he's hitting 391, 464, 913. A lot of guys that have those types of stats are running batting average balls in play around 400. Will Smith is running a batting average ball in play around at 316. What What's his card prices? Have they adjusted at all? Let's find out. I'm always curious about catchers because they're so, I don't know, they're kind of a league of their own. All right, so 60 bucks for a auto, base auto. Um just on the 6th which was yesterday and then we have 60 bucks on the 1st $45 nope $45 for a refractor auto on February 1st non-graded $111 for a PSA 10 base auto $25 January 24th for a base auto and then somebody just popped one for sixty bucks. Jeez, what does Adley do? Just ki- sorry, I know this is off script, well, but Adley's gonna be Adley's gonna be expensive. It's just catchers are so interesting, man. Like the the card market for catchers. Um, a base auto PSA ten of Adley just did a thousand dollars. That's wild. Now I do like Adley. I'd like long term Adley. PSA nine five hundred thirty one bucks is legit, but the difference in that and it's Adley came out in two thousand nineteen Bowman draft, whereas so Will like, Smith was twenty sixteen. But we're also talking about a guy who was the number one pick. True, true, true. You got to remember that the first overall pick values are always going to be baked in there, no matter what. But that's twenty x difference. Yeah, it's not necessarily. Now, I I will say this. If I were starting, I've said it before, I will say it again. If I'm starting a franchise today and contract is taken into consideration, so I'm not drafting Shoei Otani, I'm drafting Adley Rushman. What? Number one pick overall out of every player? To start a franchise? 
Oh I'm my, getting, dude! I'm getting, I'm getting a great bat. No, I'm just kidding. A great bat, but dude, then, you... but then also that I can put at DH and have no worry at all that there's going to be a step down in production because he's one of my best bats in the lineup. But I can also have him on the days he's not DHing, catching and being one of the best defensive catchers in baseball who also knows how to call a game really well. Three players in one. Yeah. I can either have a good game caller, a good defensive catcher, or a good offensive catcher usually. Yeah. Getting yeah. all three. Yeah. That's that's just it's so much value. It's so much value. If he stays out. I was messing. But it's so funny you say that because a couple days ago, I don't know, I was doing some cleaning or something. And I was thinking, I was like, dude, Allie Rushman's different. And I was like about to text you about it. And then I was like, the last podcast, we were talking about college bats and how they don't really work out well once you draft them. And I was about to text you like, dude, but how about Adley? And then, but dude, he is special. And he reminds me the closest thing to Joe Maurer since Joe Maurer, I feel like. Yeah, let's hope that – now, let's hope that the power comes along a little bit better than Joe Maurer um, so that so that the uh, – if, if he does end up becoming a DH full-time later on in his career, that it's actually, like, wor- worth it, right? But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see about that. But, I mean – the dude is uh the dude is gonna be like an eight hundred plus OPS guy with amazing defense at catcher. And he'll probably catch 115 games a year, 120 games a year. That's what I worry about, dude. Those knees, man. It's true. Lower half. But I'm taking him for the next six years. It's true. At which point he'll be, you know, thirty and then Somebody else sign him. Um, but yeah, Adley Rushman, stud this year so far, hitting 296, 345 on base, 407 uh, slugging percentage, walking 7% of the time, striking out only 17% of the time. Uh, it's early. The isolated power isn't there, only has a, a 111 isolated power. So you want to see that bump up. But uh, kid is a stud. I like him a lot. Um, let's move on to something close to my heart. And that is the Brewers rookies. I have to talk about it (laughs) because going into the season, it was all right. If the Brewers pitching rotation stays healthy, we're going to be pretty good no matter what, because the pitching rotation is good and starting pitching. If you have good starting pitching, you're likely going to be a pretty good team just in general. No matter what else happens. We also have Devin Williams, who is a really good reliever. And so you have, if you have six innings from your starters covered, one inning in your ninth inning covered, you only need to cover the seventh and eighth inning. And there's always guys in every bullpen every single year that come out and shock you to the tune of like a 2.5 ERA. So there was no, there was no real worry on the pitching staff outside of health. And to an extent, there's already been a ding because Aaron Ashby, my boy, Aaron Ashby, going to be out for the season, likely. Mm. But but we've got depth. With the Wade Miley signing, Adrian Hauser is now a reliever, and he can slot right in there. And we have uh, guys in AAA that could get called up that are, are good pitching prospects. So that's not a worry. The biggest worry was, all right, we're going to go into the season. We didn't spend any money this offseason outside of uh, – Brian Anderson from the Marlins, who I like Brian Anderson. He had dealt with injuries, but he had been good before injuries. So there's like some hope for a bounce back, but I'm not expecting a lot. And then you're like, all right, so we're kind of relying on, we need Bryce Terang to cover second. We likely need one of our three outfielders in AAA, Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer to be able to cover center field. And it's like, do we want to rely on two? Do we want to rely on two outfielders? I mean, two rookies to cover two premium positions um, on a playoff team. And it's like, if they, if they, if it pans out, if it pans out, then sweet. But 
I don't think it's going to pan out, right? Well, we're six games into the season. And again, we're only six games into the season. But the just sheer absurd athleticism that Joey Weimer, Garrett Mitchell, and Bryce Terang have added to the team is insane. Not even bringing up the hitting yet, which we will. The defense from Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, and Garrett Mitchell has been a positive without any hits. Like, if they didn't hit at all, their defense and their speed on the base paths has been massive. The amount of times they've they've stayed out at double plays because of their speed. The amount of times they've gone first or stolen second base, each of them has a steal or two, uh, only six games into the season, um, and have scored after those steals. And then you get into the hitting. They're taking walks. They're all taking walks. Um they're all getting hits. They've all hit home runs. Bryce Drang's first career home run, Grand Slam. Joey Weimer's first career home run. And and 104 miles per hour off the bat. Go Bearcats. Uh, you have Bearcats for Joey Weimer. 104 mile power is off the bat for Bryce Drang. If you ever told me that Bryce Drang had a, could hit a ball 104 miles per hour, I would not have believed you. <laughs> right? And yet here we are talking about Bryce Terang with a little pop plus his excellent, excellent defense at second base. He was, he was probably a better defender than Willie Adamas at shortstop or at least close. And then, and then you put him at second base and you take away the shift. And now he's getting the balls that other second basemen aren't going to get to. And he's getting into the outfield a long way and trying to get those medium pot flies that other second basemen aren't going to get to and the right fielder, center fielder aren't going to get to. It's amazing. And then you add in Joey Weimer in right field. He gunned down a guy already. He had a diving catch in center field. It has not mattered. And then Garrett Mitchell, obviously, we all know about Garrett Mitchell's potential in center field and how good he is defensively. It has been incredible. You add in the home runs that these guys have hit. You add in the infield singles that Joey Weimer has had, um, the stolen bases, the walks, and then you get to Garrett Mitchell, who wasn't hitting very well. And then against Max Scherzer, Rowdy Teles hits a bomb. Brian Anderson hits a bomb. And then Garrett Mitchell comes up and hits a bomb back to back to back off of Max Scherzer. And then the very next inning, not against Max Scherzer, against a Mets reliever, Brian Anderson and Garrett Mitchell go back to back again. And so that was that was uh, the first time in MLB history where a team has gone back to back to back and then back to back in back to back innings. If you follow that. Uh, and and the home runs he's hitting weren't right down the middle, especially the walk off home run Garrett Mitchell hit the other night against the Mets um, in the in the next game. This was a slider that like was on the bottom corner in on his hands that he hit out for a home run. Not a fastball down the middle, not a hanging slider or a hanging curveball, not a change-up thrown 86 down the middle or anything. This was a well-placed pitch that he golfed out of there for a home run, and it's like specifically Garrett Mitchell for right now before we cover the other two guys' prices. Garrett Mitchell was a prospect that, had all the intangible tools, 6'3", 220 pounds, uh, 80-grade speed. But you're like, I don't think he ever gets to his power. He's not going to be able to figure out how to elevate the ball to get to his power. If Garrett Mitchell is elevating the ball, which he did three times in two games against the Mets, this is a whole nother prospect. The Garrett Mitchell we thought we were getting is completely different to Garrett Mitchell elevating the ball. We're talking about a guy who actually has star upside as opposed to just a fringe regular. Um and so and if it was just if it was just home runs with fastball straight down the middle, I would be excited, but it would be like, well, you know, it's right down the middle fastball. Like you expect to hit that unless you're Christian Yelich, then you'll foul right through it. Um but for for Garrett Mitchell to be hitting these sliders down and you know, down and in four home runs. Incredible. And I have, I know, I know prices are up because Aaron told me we bought a, we bought a uh, black Mitchell, 
a Mitchell Black Auto out of 75, PSA 8, for like $220, and we just sold it for $340. So there is, there is a movement. We had a class of 2020 auto that we sold for $170 that we ended up getting at the National for like 50 those are numbers that I like to hear. Yeah. So if you're wondering, has there been movement in Garrett Mitchell's market? There has. And then as for Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang, really quick, Bryce Terang's market blew up. Joey Weimer. Go Bearcats. He, uh, his market, he doesn't have autos and his market hasn't moved a ton. Um, but we will, uh, we will see where it goes as he gets more at bats and and see what happens but just the young guys the brewers are five and one right now and they're only five and one because they called up their young guys if they hadn't called up their young guys and we replaced them with guys that stung and brian anderson brian anderson has been amazing uh he had a home run game one against the mets and then two home runs in game two whereas garrett mitchell had two home runs in game two and then one home run in game three but Brian Anderson has been huge for us, and that dude has an absolute cannon of an arm from third base. He's been so good at third base, Luis Urias has lost his spot. Like, when he comes back, Luis Urias is not the starting third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's Brian Anderson, guaranteed. Yeah. I So another aspect, too, of those three, the, the young guys that you were talking about, I feel like they're very likable, too. Like, they're... Does help. Where... You like you're it's almost like they're gonna grow together as well because then you bring Sal in later on and you have like that young core where they all went through the minors together, you know, kind of throughout their career, and then you know, they all get to experience the major leagues together, the ups and downs, but they get to do it together. Mm-hmm. And it brings that excitement where Brian Anderson that comes from Miami, where you know, you're playing in a stadium, a huge stadium with twenty-five percent of it filled every night with a boring team, you put them in an aspect where it's a hitter's park too at Brewers, but it's competitive, fun. It, it elevates everyone. It does. And he, I think Brian Anderson said something along those lines the other night where it's just like, it's amazing. And, and the, there wasn't a lot of good mojo around the Brewers going into spring training after last sure. year and the Corbin Burns thing. There was not good mojo. Which is why you inject youth into it. Yeah. Last year, the Brewers were struggling. They brought up Garrett Mitchell. They started doing better. We still missed the playoffs by a game, but one guy. Now you put three guys into that position to bring to to inject youth and athleticism into a team. And, it okay, it doesn't always work. Like, we co- go back to the Tigers. It didn't yeah, work for the Tigers. But they didn't have the other pieces in place. I agree. Right, the Brewers had the Christian Yelich's, and for as bad as Christian Yelich has become, he's still a positive batter. They have Christian Yelich, they have Willie Adamas, right? They have um, Jesse Winker, and guys like that to the point where it's like, all right. And then you add William Contreras, who's not old, and his yeah. youthfulness, and it's like, all right, you get the, you have the vets, you have the vet pitching. Now you bring in the young guys, and let them work. And like even a guy like Jesse Winker, who I don't really like, he seems kind of like a a little bit of a tool. If I'm being honest, no, dude, Jesse Winker is the man. He's hilarious. Is he actually? Yeah, no, he he seems like that, like too cool for school. But he's a team guy. He's a clubhouse okay. guy. All right, that's good to know because every time I see him on TV, it's just like <sighs> that's just his personality. I don't yeah, know. No, I love that aspect. Like I was actually going to bring that up. I loved them bringing him over, especially with the young crew like that. It's a good mix. So it it is a good mix, but you got it. You definitely have to have that mix. If you yeah. don't have, especially like a guy like Christian Yelich, okay, maybe maybe the production isn't as good, but you don't think he's helping out those young guys, yeah. figuring out I mean, the major league game. You know, he's still if if he's coming up to bat and you're pitching and you're pitching against Yelich, you're still not confident. You know what I mean? You're still it's still Yelich. You know what I mean? There's still that 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 factor to them no matter no matter what for them so that helps in the lineup as well some fear yeah and and he's always good for his walks no matter what he's probably going to put up close to a 370 380 on base percentage 
And like, even if he's not getting home runs, even if he's not getting a bunch of hits, he's still going to get on base and you get on base for the guys below you. It'll work out. Um, but we should move on from the Brewers because I've professed enough love for them. Um, I was down in the dumps like a month ago and now he's the back. young guys have me excited again. Uh, but we should move on. Jordan Walker. Wow. Good. He's good. Is a name we should probably talk about. Um, because while I don't love the Cardinals, I do find it hard to not <laughs> like Jordan Walker. He just seems like a very likable guy. Dude. He might be the oldest looking 20 year old I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> But he He's also close. just seems like the most likable guy, and he came out of the gates swinging Dude. and hitting and uh, hitting the ball hard. I mean, his hard hit percentage, again, not too many games, but his hard hit percentage right now is 52%. You're going to wish the Cardinals never drafted him. I'm going to wish the Cardinals never had a 2020 draft, I'm pretty sure, because I saw Tim Kent's had five strikeouts in – and uh, he was filthy in and 10 at 10. He faced 10 guys, had five strikeouts yesterday. At least I don't know what he ended with. Jordan Walker's a stud, and you have um, I got the Mason stats. Win. What I got the stats Tink Hentz, four innings pitch, one hit, two walks, and six Ks. But dude, he was filthy. I watched it now. The biggest issue with Tink Hentz. And the reason he's not higher up on the list is because of those innings pitched. But I knew you were going to say that. So listen to this. Logan Allen pitched yesterday four and two innings. Taj Bradley pitched five innings. Wilmer Flores pitched four innings yesterday. Gavin Williams, who we both like, pitched 4.1 innings. Case Williams pitched five yeah, it's innings. Er- it's early. It's early. It's early. But it's what, early. I, guess, I, I know. But after last year – and how few innings he pitched despite the amount of starts. It's like, I get it's early and it's, it's nice to see that he pitched four innings like everyone else, but until he pitches consistently five to six innings per start, I'll always have my doubts. Right. But they might not even, they might not even let him. A lot of times these guys, they say four innings, you're done after four. And it's like a strict, like a lot for a lot of the young guys now, like at the end of the year, absolutely. Tink Hans isn't as young anymore. I mean, he's still he's still young in the in in the arm world. I'm more concerned about the two walks, honestly. I wanted I wanted to see like what his pitch selection was and and see how he's like. That's what I'm working. The stuff is there, filthy. No, the stuff the stuff is insane. Like it could probably if, be in a if bullpen. He pitched more innings last year. He's a top twenty five prospect. If he oh. pitches, guaranteed. He's the Brian uh, Brian Besso. What was the Red Sox guy? Oh, my. Uh, uh, he's that. Starts with an he's M. Gonna, he's going to be that this Micah? year. Like Taj Bradley. Like he's going to be one of those guys this year. Don't say it. Say my name. Say my name. We don't remember his name. Oh boy, the uh, it's gone off the rails. Jimbo is singing. Um, but yeah, Jordan yeah. Walker has been a stud and Jordan Walker prices. I haven't looked what they've done since spring training, but, um, let's see Bowman Chrome. Let's do something simple like uh blue. That's not as simple. Sky blue. All right. SGC 10 sky blue, 184 bucks. April 6th. There's so many Jordan Walker cards out there. $175 April 1st. $165 non-graded. March 24th, $80. PSA 915. All right, it hasn't moved as much. In fact, it's probably trending. It's probably trending in the opposite direction despite his good start because he needed to have like the most insane start of all time to be able to keep those prices up and he's merely had a very very good start he needed to hit like four home runs in his first five games to be able to keep those prices up uh so we've already gone for 45 minutes um 
just some other real quick names that have been that have been doing really well that should just they just deserve a shout out just in general. Brian Reynolds for the Pirates. They've been going back and forth on a contract extension, and the Pirates just haven't given up on the he wants an out after like four years or three years, and the Pirates don't want to give it to him, which is yeah. insane because like if you're the Pirates, you take Brian Reynolds for as many years as you can get. If that's only three, you take it. Dude, honestly, I would prefer that. If he wants to be gone after four, like, yes, please. Yeah. So they're not doing that, but Brian Reynolds has been amazing to start. So shout out him. Vlad. Vlad uh, has one strikeout on the season. Dude. He's hitting 407 with a 500 on base and a 667 slugging. And he only has, count it, one strikeout. He's got one hit by pitch, one sack fly, one stolen base, one strikeout. But five walks, six runs batted in, five runs scored, two home runs, one walk, eight singles. The dude, wouldn't you know it, a guy that had a thousand OPS as a as a like twenty one year old, <laughs> and then a little bit of disappointing year is now back to hitting the ball really really well again. Not shocked by this at all. How old? Um, other than that, you know, there's there's obviously names all over the list that we could spend all day talking about. Uh, Jimbo, are there any guys you want to talk about in the early going? There are, but one thing I want to bring up, Vladidad Jr. is 24 years old, just to put it in perspective. That's crazy. Oh, it was 22 he had his 1,000 OPS. Yeah. Isn't that nuts, though? Like, put it in perspective, prospecting. I, I just – I'm starting to do that more. I'm trying to be better at that, mm-hmm. is realizing that. So, But other than that, I mean, I got a bunch of guys I could talk about, but we have plenty of episodes throughout the season. We do. That I can bring up. Oh, also, real quick shout out to Trevor Larnish. Occasionally, I just feel like once a Twins player does poorly his first like year or two, I'm just kind of out on him because that's kind of a Twins thing, is to just like <laughs> have a really good prospect and then come up and do poorly. Um, yeah. And last year, Trevor Larnish supposed to be the best bat in the ML in or er, 2021 MLB 223 323. 223 average, 322 on base, 350 slugging. Last year, MLB only 25 games, but still 231 average, 306 on base, 406 slugging. So still a 712 OPS, a 102 WRC plus. For a guy that's supposed to be quote unquote one of the best college bats, you know, it's like a major disappointment. So I know it's or oh, he played 51 games last year. I was looking at his age. 51 games, 79 games the year before, 51 games. I know this is only a six-game sample size, but the fact that Trevor Larnich is actually hitting the ball in the early going, very nice to see. So a name to, a name to keep track of because his truck cards are probably very, very cheap right now. We And we we threw some shade on him on the last episode, so I'm glad you brought that up because I saw his stats. Which is why and I, I was like, like dude, yeah, I think he listens. So, Trevor, if you listen, we are sorry, but I'm glad it's fueling you to a great start of 2023. You want to talk about – okay, this sold on Golden, so I don't think this is a legitimate sale because <laughs> people were probably not looking for Trevor Larnich cards I on Golden Auctions last night when some massive cards sold because just a refractor – Bowman refractor PSA 10 sold for $45 – but somebody oh bought a purple auto PSA 10 April 6th on Golden for 30 bucks. Man, that's a crazy sale though. It's interesting finding some of these finding some of these sneaky players. And man, I mean, even if you do that, and let's say they they do something and you put it on a buy it now for 150, you're flipping for a good amount. Buy you for are 45, 60, whatever it is. You are. I, I got to start looking at Golden as well, seeing if I can snag some of these cheap, cheap baseball cards. Um, but yeah, shout out Trevor Larnage. We've got a lot of other guys we can talk about throughout the throughout the year, so we don't need to cover every single guy this week. So uh, I'll just I'll, we'll each give one last little nugget and then call it a day. Uh, I'm putting Jimbo on the spot. For me, 
baseball has been excellent in the early going. The new rules, while some of it is a little fast for me, um, the other day a guy hit a home run and all of a sudden it's like you don't even see him celebrating and you're already pitch is already being thrown to the next batter. It's like, all right, that's a little quick. But outside of that, very specific instance or occasionally when a guy almost gets drilled and then he doesn't get any time to like recuperate. I love these new rules. They have been amazing. Way more singles. I've noticed way more singles, way more hits runs are way up. At least for my Milwaukee Brewers runs are way up, not relying on home (laughs) runs anymore. Like they happen and it's cool, but it's not just home run or bust. It's some guys are willing to take walks. Guys are willing to hit singles now that they weren't before. And then either take your base or let somebody else go because it's a lot easier to score to, to, it seems like to score nowadays because of the bigger bases, because of the quicker, quicker games and everything. So I love it. It has been amazing in the early going, and there's a lot of players I'm excited to watch the rest of the year. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I love the real changes. I do agree on the, there should, there could be some times where there's just a little bit more time, like getting thrown at the head, getting thrown at your head. That one hits close to me. And then also like when there's a foul tip off of a catcher, but I have seen umpires take care of the catchers for those situations. Um, But I wish there could be more home run celebration, like more time for that because they should highlight the fun parts. Like that's what the fans want. Um, But my takeaway really is this MLB TV, the minor league stuff. I think this could really grow the sport, like grow the viewership alone because now you can see the player. There was never really like you could do the the minor league TV type thing, but it was never very good. Mm-mm. Now it's like legit. Like you can watch a game like you would. It's not still as good as you had to watch it on your computer, right? You couldn't get yeah. an app on the TV for MILB TV, but yeah. now you can watch that right on your TV. So I encourage people, and I think the MLB TV it's like a hundred dollars a year. I don't know. I've had it for my unless you have T-Mobile. Then they give it to you for free every year. Oh, even better. But it's worth it because you can watch these players. It's fun. And you can find some golden nuggets. As you said, well, you know, we got you wanted me to give one last nugget. This is a golden nugget. I like it. Go prospecting. Go prospecting. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't know if you'd catch it because I follow pros- hashtag prospecting on Instagram and I see mm-hmm. all this gold, literally like gold prospecting, like going through dirt. So now like every time I'm like, oh, that makes sense why it's called prospecting, like the actual meaning of it. Oh, yeah. Looking for, <laughs> looking for. So we're essentially, we're essentially calling prospects dirt. And every once in a while you find a golden nugget in there. <laughs> Well, yeah, out of every hundred, you know, you get 10 superstars. It's true. Um, Well, I guess we'll end it off there. Thank you, everyone, for watching today's Dinging Corners or or listening to it since we aren't. You aren't watching it yet, but I promise you that is coming up. Soon. Soon. Super soon. Very soon. Very soon. soon. So we, we will have YouTube videos coming out real soon. So get excited for that. Um, I, I, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that we will have YouTube videos coming out. Hopefully by sometime early May would be my guess. Um, but thank you everyone for listening to today's dinging corners. And I will talk to you guys and Jimbo will talk to you guys next Friday. See See everyone. Have a great weekend.